0: Patrick Kane trade rumors continue to swirl. We're going to talk on today's episode about whether there might be a deal in the works between the Rangers and the Chicago Blackhawks for uh, the three-time Stanley Cup champion. It would certainly seem to be that there's a little bit of smoke to this fire, and we'll discuss uh, if and when a deal might eventually get done here. Also going to be breaking down what was a uh, fairly lackluster performance by the New York Rangers in Detroit. They lose to the Red Wings by a final score of 4-1, all that and much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 778 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And yeah, the Rangers, once again, just uh, was not one of their better performances. I mean, I really don't know how else to say it. It was one of those games where they couldn't really get anything going offensively. There were times in this game where, you know, late in the first period, I think at different times, maybe even in the second period before the game got away from them, where, you know, the Rangers would piece together two, three, four good shifts in a row, spending a lot of time on the attack, you know, skating hard, all that good stuff, uh, controlling puck possession, getting a couple of decent, you know, scoring chances, but it seemed to just fizzle out just as quickly. And on one hand, you got to give some credit to Detroit. Uh, that's a desperate team right now. They're fighting for their playoff lives. They're on the outside looking in, but they'd won six out of seven coming into this. Uh, Now seven out of eight. And I think the Rangers ultimately, it's not the worst game that you'll ever see them play, but it wasn't a good performance either. And I think overall, they just failed to match um, the desperation that Detroit clearly had in this game. And that's something that the Rangers have been up against a lot lately. They've been playing a lot of teams, you know, the Oilers, the Jets, Uh, Now the Red Wings. Uh, I think there was one other team as well. Kind of some of these bubble playoff teams, these teams that, you know, they're coming down the stretch here and they need to start winning some games if they're going to get into the dance. And I think that's a good test for the Rangers. Rangers, on some occasions, have passed that test. On other occasions, they've failed that test. And uh, I think this was a case of the latter uh, in this game here last night. But we'll break down all the finer details of this game in due time. The first thing I want to do today is talk a little bit about who else? uh, Patrick Kane. And, you know, the game... I think for a lot of Ranger fans, became somewhat secondary last night, and the reason for that is because you know the trade winds started really beginning to pick up a little bit, and you know, there's all these reports that Patrick Kane, it's Rangers are bust for him. He's not looking to go anywhere else, and um, you know that's the power that you wield when you have a full no-move clause and you have complete say over uh, if you get traded at all and if you do get traded, uh, where you end up going. And there are ways that the Rangers can still make this happen. It would take a third team getting involved. Uh, You know, the Blackhawks would retain half of Kane's salary. This third team would have to get something in the trade from the Rangers to retain another 25% of Kane's salary. And so the Rangers would only be on the hook uh, for 25%, and they could make that happen. Um there's, I mean, it's just crazy to think about because, you know, about a month ago or three weeks ago, you know, somewhere in that time range, I was talking on here and I just mentioned really quickly, you know, talking about trade rumors and what the Rangers should be looking to do. I mentioned that you could really make the case that if the Rangers were to pick up uh, two players at or near the trade deadline, that both of them should be right wingers. And the reason for that, I mentioned it then and um, it's still sort of the case now, although not so much now that they have Vladimir Tarasenko. But the reason why I said that they should go after two right-wingers and why that you know should be the two players that they land, they should both play that position, that was far and away the biggest glaring weakness on the New York Rangers. If you have the kid line together, and that means Kako is on the third line, and then you have guys like Veazey or Goodrow or you know whoever it might be um, playing right wing in the top six. And so uh, that's just where it seemed like the gaping hole was as far as uh, this New York Ranger roster. But when I said that, you know, the Rangers should go out and possibly look to get two right wingers. Never in my wildest imagination did I think, and I'm usually an optimist, you guys know this, but never in my wildest imagination did I think there was any way possible that the Rangers would go out there and get Vladimir Tarasenko and Patrick Kane to be those two right-wingers. And, of course, it hasn't happened yet. I certainly thought at least one of them was possible. You know, Kane, it's not too much of a secret that uh, the Rangers seem to be his preferred destination, and if he was going to waive his no-move, that that's where he would want to go all along, you know, just, it certainly felt that way. And there's obvious connections to make the Rangers, a young rising team. He's got his buddy, Artemi Panera in there. He wants to win another Stanley cup. So it it makes sense from that perspective that, you know, the Rangers would be an attractive landing spot for Patrick Kane and for Tarasenko, you know, he's always somebody that was kind of on the Rangers radar. You know, you go on social media right now and you look at, uh, you know, all the rumors that are flying and you don't know, like, you know, is there a lot of smoke to this fire or is this person just making something up? This person says they have sources, quote unquote. And, you know, sometimes I, I think it could kind of be mob mentality. You know, you see something on Twitter and then it gets retweeted and then somebody else mentions it and everybody, before you know it, everybody's just running with something that isn't really true. And that's why it's important, I think, to you know, stick to reputable sources. But I did see one thing. And again, I don't know for sure if this is true or not, if this is information that's leaked. But I saw something where, you know, the return package for Patrick Kane uh, if the Rangers were to acquire him, would be something along the lines of a second-round draft pick, uh, Vitaly Kraftsoff, Zach Jones, and Brett Barard. And if that's all that it takes for the Rangers to land Patrick Kane, I'm doing that in about two seconds. And it really is a unique situation here because, you know, Kane— He's on fire recently. I I still don't know that he's, you know, prime Patrick Kane, but I do think he could be reignited by a trade to a contender because the Blackhawks are just god-awful this season and, you know, motivation might be lacking a little bit there for Patrick Kane and maybe some of the other veterans as well. But if you can get Patrick Kane to next to nothing, it is just a very unique situation because, again, Kane holds all the leverage and if if the only place that he wants to go is to the Rangers— then the Rangers hold all the leverage on the Blackhawks. I mean, at a certain point, the Rangers are going to have to give up something. I mean, if they insult the Blackhawks with something like, you know, a fourth round draft pick and that's it for Patrick Kane, they're not going to do that. They'd rather probably just save face Sell a few more tickets at the end of the season, you know, come say goodbye to Patrick Kane and all that good stuff. Um, but they're not going to be able to get, you know, a, a big-time prospect for the Rangers. I don't think there's any chance that somebody like Brian Hoffman is involved. I would say probably not even Will Cooley. You know, they're going to have to basically just take what they can get. And I don't even know that they're going to get a first-round draft pick for Patrick Kane, which is pretty wild. Uh, the Rangers very well might end up acquiring Patrick Kane for less than it costs to get Vladimir Tarasenko. Because Tarasenko, uh, I don't believe he had a no-move clause and even if he did, I don't, you know, I didn't hear anything about Tarasenko saying Rangers are nobody. So, um, you know, obviously the blues, uh, had a little bit more control, had a little bit more leverage. The Blackhawks, I mean, they're, we're getting to the point here where if the Rangers can pull this off, if they can get a third team involved, the Blackhawks are pretty much just going to have to take whatever they can get from the New York Rangers. It, it really is just a wild situation. And, um, we'll keep our eyes on this. I get the feeling that I might be recording another episode later today. I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. It's Friday morning as I'm recording this. Patrick Kane, as of now, as of this recording, is not a New York Ranger. But if he gets traded a little bit later today, I'm gonna do my best to jump back on here and uh, you know get the episode out and just talk about you know Patrick Kane and uh, the trade, whatever the Rangers gave up. Just talk about the whole move from every single angle. But it is a very very exciting time if you're a New York Ranger fan. And I know some fans aren't all that big on Patrick Kane. They don't necessarily want him on this team. But um, you're looking at a Point here where the Rangers have the Blackhawks by the you know what, and you know if if you're able to get Patrick Kane for next to nothing, I don't see how you say no to that if you're the New York Rangers. But we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. I mean, one way or another, here we're a week away from this ending, a week and a handful of hours here because the trade deadline is uh, next Friday at 3 p.m. So we'll we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. It'll be very, very fascinating uh, one way or another to see uh, how everything goes here regarding Patrick Kane and the New York Rangers. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. First, though, we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Bilt Bar. What makes Bilt Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% Real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but these Bilt Bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, and what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us. Later. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we've done our uh, daily check-in on Patrick Kane here, and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about Kane quite a bit. You know, if if the Rangers trade for him later today, like I said, I'll I'll probably be right back on here. If it continues to drag out for this last week here, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that. We'll also look at other players that the Rangers might look to trade for uh, if Kane is not possible. But, uh, yeah, I would imagine the Rangers are going to do everything they can to, to land their guy. Um, but, you know, turning our attention to this game, like I said, it just was not the Rangers best performance. You'll see worse than this, but it was just lackluster. And again, I I think the name of the game here was the Rangers failing to match the Red Wings desperation, which is something that you must do when you're going up against a team, especially on the road, um, that is fighting for its playoff lives. And, uh, that's the case with the Detroit Red Wings. First and foremost, you got Yaroslav Halak in net. I know some people were upset about this and, you know, we got to get Igor going. He needs reps, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I was okay with it. Uh, Halak's played, you know, pretty well recently. And the the one thing that I will say is a little strange about it, though, is the Rangers have a back to back on Saturday and Sunday. And that being the case, you would think Igor would get this game, and then between the back to back, you know, Igor gets one and Halak gets one in whichever order you want to do it. But I'm actually wondering if they might be planning, and they don't do this very often, but they did it at least one other time earlier this season, if they might be planning to give Igor both games of the back to back. This weekend. Uh, They are, I believe, at the Caps at 1 on Saturday and then home against the Kings at 5 on Sunday. So there could be a situation here. I mean, you got to figure Igor's getting the first of those two games, right? So he'll be out there against the Caps. If he plays well in that game and if the Rangers win, I could possibly see a situation. This is assuming that Igor Shosturkin is not dealing with an injury, by the way. But assuming that's the case, I could see a situation where they go right back to him on Sunday. You know what? You're our guy. Get back out there. Uh, You just obviously got us a big win and we're going to need you and go out there and, and just do it again. That could be a really big weekend and a really big confidence booster for Igor Shesterkin. I mean, he doesn't strike me as the kind of goalie that lacks confidence, but he has been up against it a little bit recently. So, um, you know, that, that could be an option for the Rangers. We'll see. I think it's at least a possibility that they go with him, uh, two straight games there. Um, you know, Halak, some one other thing I want to mention about Halak because we've been talking about how his season turned around and everything, and he won seven in a row up until these last two games. Um, but one other thing I want to mention: the game against Calgary, the game that the Rangers lost in overtime where Halak started, he basically like should have had a, a shutout in that game because the Flames scored twice in the first minute. Stay with me on this; it, it'll make sense in a second. The Flames scored twice in the first minute. The Rangers end up coming back and tying it, and then the Flames score you know fairly early in in the overtime period, but. In that game, uh, Halak went more than 60 minutes of time on the ice consecutive without giving up a goal. And usually when you do that in a hockey game, you've just earned yourself a shutout victory. Unfortunately, because the Flames got off to you know that really good start and the Rangers were asleep at the start of the game, uh, they were already down 2-0 in the first minute. And then, obviously, you know it ends up going into overtime. Rangers rallied to tie it, but then uh, Halak gave it up in overtime. But it was just... Uh, Interesting to know that Halak went 60-plus minutes without allowing a single goal, which, like I said, almost always results in a shutout, but unique situation there. I just wanted to point that out, though, that uh, he went 60-plus minutes without giving up a goal. Uh, One other thing that was interesting in this game, I thought, was that the Rangers, I believe for the first time all season, went with seven defensemen and 11 forwards, and Ben Harper was dressed for the game. He didn't really play until the very end there, Um, but... The reason why this was interesting is because, you know, everybody's eyebrows kind of went up and they start thinking like, oh man, is there a deal in the works for Patrick Kane? Because you figure, you know, in any deal for Patrick Kane, there's a very good chance that uh, Vitaly Krasov is going to be going in the uh, opposite direction there. And you know, there's a very good chance that Jake LeCision could end up getting waived. And certainly if the Rangers are going to do all that, uh, they don't want either one of those players getting injured or that could nix the entire thing. So uh, Ben Harper was out there. He was dressed. He pretty much sat on the bench the entire night. Uh, To be uh, specific, Harper didn't play until just 3.30 remained. Uh, Nice that he got out there at least. He was actually playing some left wing in the final minute or two there. Uh, McCullough and Truba were on the ice as defenseman. Ben Harper was at left wing. Uh Harper was trying, man. He, he was trying to, I think, get noticed a little bit and remind everybody that he's still here. Him and Ben Sherat were drawing back and forth a little bit. Uh Harper, you know, stopped in the crease during a play stoppage, kind of stood over the goalie a little bit. Um I'd like to see Harper get a game over uh Mikola at some point. Uh Mikola's been all right. You know, I, I think for a third pair defenseman, he he's been okay. And I think the book is still kind of out on him. But I don't know that. He's been so good that Harper shouldn't get to slot in in his place just once in a while, you know, give him a game here and there, especially if for no other reason, just to keep him sharp because you don't want to be in a situation where you get to the playoffs and somebody gets hurt, and now Ben Harper has to jump into this game having not played hockey in a month, six weeks, two months, whatever the case might be. So I would not be opposed to uh, Ben Harper getting a start at some point here. Or, you know, maybe there's a situation where they do what they did here. They go a seven and but he actually gets to play a little bit, not just sit on the bench for uh, pretty much the entire game. There was something else. This is kind of a random thing, but it's something that I wanted to point out because it happened at least twice in this game last night, and actually Mika Zabanejad uh, was one of the culprits. It's not something that's so out of control that I'm going to make it a big thing and talk about it nonstop on here, but there's something going on with the Rangers where there are situations where they dump the puck into the attacking zone and they don't gain the red line, and they— They don't gain the red line, and it results in an icing because, you know, they didn't skate an extra foot, an extra two feet, whatever it might have been. Now, there's times where you have a defender, you know, breathing down your neck, and he's going to come over and hit you, and you try to dump it right as you're getting to the red line, and maybe you release it a little too soon. Uh, Maybe there's been a couple of situations where it wasn't a dump in at all. You know, the the player with the puck was trying to make a pass, and he misfired on the pass, and then it goes into an icing. But this happened twice in this game last night where, uh, very clearly, uh, a ranger was trying to dump the puck into the attacking zone, and they just didn't get to the red line. And it's happened a few times. And again, it's something that sounds so minor. But when you get to the playoffs, everything is so magnified. Everything is so important. And if you continue to take a few too many of these unnecessary icing infractions— where it seems like it's just kind of a a lack of concentration and a lack of focus and not getting to the red line before you dump the puck, and you gift wrap a couple of icings for your opponent, and now you've got tired skaters on the ice, you can't make the line change, that will bite you in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Everything is so much bigger in the playoffs than in the regular season, and that's the kind of thing that can come back to haunt you. So, again, it's not something that's completely out of control, and the Rangers are doing this like six or seven times a game, but it's one of those things that I've noticed recently, and it's just been bugging me. You know, I just want them to clean it up because it's just a matter of focus, a matter of concentration, and, um, you know, something that I think could hurt them if they continue to do it in the playoffs. If you do that in the playoffs sooner or later, your opponent's going to get a goal off of it. That's just how it goes uh, come Stanley Cup playoff time. Uh, the other thing I want to mention here that— you know, it's kind of sad to see this streak end, I suppose, is that uh, the Rangers were 6-0-4 in their last 10 road games before this, so a point in 10 consecutive road games. Uh, That was the longest road point streak for the Rangers since 2007-2008. Just kind of wanted to throw that out there. Another thing I wanted to mention is that uh, I thought Tyler Mott had a little bit of a tough night for the Rangers. I'm excited that he's back, and I I still really like the trade, you know, Gautier and a conditional 7th that could become a 6th in exchange for Tyler Mott. But uh, for starters, and I mean, this isn't his fault and you got to give him props for being tough, but, uh, he basically took a uh, puck to the face or, or, I think it was actually the neck, uh, early in the game, slap shot off the neck. He went down to the ice. He was like sliding across the ice and, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, you, you feel firm in that situation, and even just from a tactical perspective, you know, the Rangers are out there with just 11 forwards to begin with, now you're down to 10 for at least a small chunk of this game, so uh, that was not ideal for Mott, nor was the turnover that he committed, Uh, he was basically looking to skate the puck out of the Rangers' zone and just lost control of it, Detroit took over, and they ended up uh, scoring off of that miscue by Tyler Mott. Uh, Mott also, uh, took a penalty for tripping and he did that when the Rangers were down four to one. So it was not a banner night for Tyler Mott. Uh, he did get to work in on the penalty kill a little bit. You know, the Rangers were shorthanded a number of times in this game. Uh, Detroit goes one for four in the power play. The Rangers go 0 for two. Um, but you know, Mott was out there for, let's see here, a minute and 30 seconds of shorthanded time. Although there were, let's see, six forwards that had more time on the PK, than did Tyler Mott. So uh, just interesting to see the the PK usage, and we'll break that down in greater detail in a future episode. For anyone wondering, as far as forwards are concerned, Barclay Goodrow led the way in shorthanded time with two minutes and 56 seconds. But uh, Mott, you know, he's going to play his role there, I would think, for sure going forward. Tough night for Tyler Mott. I'm not going to kill him for it. It happens to everybody, and I, I think, you know, he'll, he'll play well for this team uh, down the stretch here. And, you know, I, I know that Some people like Julian Gauthier. They want to see him get a better chance. Tyler Mott is going to be more important with his skill set for the Rangers in the playoffs than Julian Gauthier likely would have. I think that's uh, pretty clear when you look at how the Rangers used Gauthier and how they're very likely going to use Tyler Mott, very likely in a very similar way that they did uh, last season. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here, talk about a couple of the Detroit goals and the de- defensive breakdowns that the New York Rangers uh, had on said goals because you know, Detroit scored off the rush a couple of times. And, you know, you got to tip your cap a little bit. There was some really nice passing, but uh, the Rangers did not defend very well at all in a couple of those uh, instances. So uh, we're going to break those down in just a second and uh, a couple of other things as well. And uh, we'll look ahead to the back-to-back and a whole bunch of other good stuff as well. Also want to talk about that Vincent Trocheck goal so we can at least talk about something positive that uh that happened in this game for the New York Rangers. We're going to do all that in just a second. All right. So something that kind of got lost under the radar a little bit and kind of forgotten about and not really didn't really get as much attention as I think it normally would if not for, you know, all the, the Patrick Kane rumors swirling, I think a lot of people were focused on that. Rangers, once again, get absolutely burned by one of their former players. Uh, Andrew Cop scores the first game of the evening, also ended up with two assists after that. So a three-point night for former New York Ranger Andrew Kopp. Um But, yeah, you know, there, there were just... Uh, couple of instances where the Rangers just did not defend well in this game. And we can actually start with that goal by Andrew Kopp. Uh, This is getting toward the end of the first period, a first period that I thought was fairly evenly matched. You know, I mean, the Rangers didn't really create a ton of scoring chances, but, you know, I thought they were skating hard. It was was a well-paced hockey game up to this point, and I thought both teams were fairly even. Uh, But Andrew Kopp scored after what was basically just a passing clinic. You got Detroit going up the ice out of their own zone. Cross ice pass, you know, diagonal right through the neutral zone. Uh, another pass to the right, a lead pass into the Ranger zone, one or two more passes, and then Andrew Kopp scores because, once again, of course he does. But this is just way too easy. And again, on one hand, props to Detroit. You know, it's a beautiful goal. If you're a Red Wings fan, you know, that's not... Necessarily a Ranger defensive lapse, as much as it is just a beautiful goal by your team, the Detroit Red Wings. But watching this from the perspective of a Ranger fan and a Ranger podcast host, you can tell that obviously they did not defend very well here. You know there was there was obviously. Um, You know, a lot of good passes here, but it would have been nice if the Rangers could have uh, put up a little bit more resistance on one of the, you know, 43 passes that the Red Wings made here. And they just were not able to do that. So uh, that was certainly unfortunate. Uh, Moving ahead to the second period, though, I did want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, Vincent Trocek and the goal that he scored. Just a tremendous individual effort here. Uh, The Rangers were really back on their heels for a while. Uh, They got the puck out, though. And then the Red Wings eventually got possession back in their own zone. They're looking to carry it up the ice. Uh, they're in the neutral zone. Trocheck knocks it away, knocks the puck back into the Detroit zone. And then he's able to you know, really hustle, move forward, get to the loose puck uh, before the Detroit defender was able to. And just like that, you've got a late-developing two-on-one. Trocheck decides to take the shot, and uh, he beats uh, the Detroit goalie, Huso, uh, under the uh, glove, far side of the net. Scores... And ties the game at one to one. And you think, you know, all right, we're getting it going a little bit. You know, the kid line had a really nice shift immediately after this. I mentioned that there were spurts in this game, and there were, where the Rangers would string together a couple good shifts in a row. And you think they're about to find their game. You think they're maybe even going to take over a little bit. This was one of those instances. But it was only a couple of minutes later where another bad giveaway by the Rangers. And uh, you've got Zadina scoring. And this is the one that I talked about earlier with Tyler Mott. You know, he gave the puck away here and basically just gift wrapped a, a golden scoring opportunity. For the Detroit Red Wings and um, Zadina ends up scoring and makes it two to one and this one uh, well you know what we got to talk about the the near Adam Fox goal first and then I'll get to uh, the big finish of the second period as well but uh, Adam Fox you know had a great scoring chance Uh Received a pass from Ryan Lindgren. Looked like he was going to have the equalizer. Probably the save of the night uh, by Huso. Just a ridiculous left skate save. Uh, Fox kind of like, you know, hung his head a little bit after almost scoring there. Uh, don't know how this one didn't go in, but Huso was able to keep it out. And uh, Detroit remained in the lead, uh, you know, at that time. And then uh, this one drove me crazy. Of all the goals that the Rangers gave up in this game, uh, for me at least, this one was the worst. This put up put Detroit up 3-1, to getting pretty late into the— uh, Second period there, um, but you've got a situation where you know Halak has been standing on his head. I, I mean that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but Halak's played pretty well up to this point in the game. And Detroit's going into the Ranger zone once again on the rush. Once again, not a ton of resistance. Halak makes an awesome sliding save to his left to deny the scoring opportunity. Uh, just fights it off. Puck goes behind uh, the Ranger net. The Red Wings just go back there. They retrieve it. They throw it in front. And uh, the guy's wide open in front of the net, easy tap-in goal. And I, I'm watching this, and I'm so mad because, you know, you're down 2-1. Hasn't been your night, but you're within striking distance. Rangers have been pretty good in the third period ever since turning their, their season around. You go into the third period down one, you, you still feel like you can uh, win that game. And down two, I mean, it's possible, but obviously you got a bigger hill to climb. Um, but I, I was so mad. I was just like, man, how do you not pick up a lock after that? He just made a brilliant save. He's saved your bacon at least once or twice earlier in this game as well. How is somebody not getting in position there, guarding the front of a vacated net by the Rangers. You know, Miller was nearby. He was behind the net, didn't get back out in front quickly enough. Uh, Tarasenko was there, didn't really do anything. Same thing with Filipinos. So uh, just kind of a frustrating situation there. And, um, you know, obviously the Rangers not able to, uh, to really provide much resistance of any kind there. Uh, it was not Halak's best night. I think certainly he had some better games during that seven-game winning streak. In fact, I know he did. But... He didn't get a lot of help in this one either. So the Rangers have to step it up a little bit. Another area where the Rangers need to step it up is the first period. Their starts to these games because it's been very, very lackluster recently. Look, it happens once in a while to any team in the NHL. Fine. It's an 82-game regular season. There's probably going to be at least once or twice where you get caught a little bit flat-footed and you don't have your A game right out of the starting blocks, and hopefully you can find it before it's too late. But the Rangers have been sleepwalking at the start of these games and giving up some early goals. Uh, The last four games combined... The Rangers have been outscored in the first period by a combined score of 9-1. to one. And when you look at that stat, they're probably lucky to be 1-2-1 and one, uh, in those four games because that that's ugly. That's getting off to a rough start and uh, nice that they've been able to come back in one or two of those instances. But yeah, got to be better than that, got to be sharper than that at the uh, start of the game and uh, set a tone as the Rangers were doing when they were going through that winning streak there. But yeah, you know, I, like I said, I, I figure... We might be doing another episode later today. i got to keep an eye on all the the trade rumors and all that wonderful stuff and see if Patrick Kane is a New York Ranger. By the end of today, I think it's certainly possible. Uh, One other thing I just wanted to acknowledge real quick here, I I think I said in our last episode that the Rangers were going to be home for this game against Detroit. I think I said that. Obviously, that was not the case. They were in Detroit, so uh, apologies for that. But uh, the Rangers, like I said, they will be back in action this weekend. they got a back-to-back at the Caps, and I've got the schedule in front of me this time, so I'm not going to mess this up. But on Saturday, at the Caps at 1 p.m., so we got an afternoon game there, and then uh, I guess what you could call the following night or evening or afternoon or whatever you prefer, a late afternoon game, we'll say, uh, at the Kings at 5 p.m. So once again, uh, an important back-to-back coming up here for the New York Rangers, and then we turn the calendar to March, and we might as well just go through this really quick, at least into the trade deadline. The Rangers will then have another back-to-back on Wednesday, March 1st, and Thursday, March 2nd. They will be at the Flyers at 7.30 on Wednesday, home against the Senators at 7 on Thursday. So very much looking forward to all that, and uh, also looking forward to seeing all the uh, trade deadline insanity unfold, and keeping my fingers crossed that the Rangers can land Patrick Kane, because again, and I've said this, you know, earlier in the episode, and uh, at other times as well. But if you get into a situation where you have this much leverage and you can get Patrick Kane for as little as it seems like the Rangers may be able to get him for, I don't see how you don't do that. And I know some people don't like Patrick Kane, but you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. You got to do what you got to do, uh, especially once again, if you can have him for far less, far less than what you should be able to get uh, Patrick Kane for. but. That will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.